Hello, this is Real Estate Insights, the podcast from Savills that never shies away from talking about the biggest and most challenging issues in the property world. Which is why today we're looking at the dramatic rise in the cost of warehousing and logistics and examining what landlords and particularly occupiers can do to mitigate those headwinds. It's about optimization, but it's also about compromise. Because supply and demand yeah, dynamics mean that there has to be compromises. Those who are a bit more forward-thinking and can sort of plan three to five years in advance are, are doing better than those that are more reactionary and having to do something as a sort of knee-jerk reaction. Especially with COVID, anybody who's bringing anything out of the Far East were then finding that they were sitting on like six months of stock, which isn't typical, isn't normal. So I do wonder if we'll come through the other side as the international freight issues get sorted out. I'm Guy Ruddle and I'm delighted to say that today I have three people with me from across the logistics industry and with a combined well over 50 years of experience in the property and logistics world. Let's start with Charlie Spicer. He's a director in the industrial logistics team of Savills in Birmingham. He's been on Real Estate Insights before. Charlie, welcome back. Nice to to have you here. Thank you, Guy. Uh, Nice to be back. Great stuff. Helen Price is a consultant at Hatmill, who are a supply chain and logistics advisor. Helen, welcome to the podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. It's an absolute pleasure. And Andrew Smith is Director of Strategy at London Metric Property PLC, one of the UK's biggest logistics owners. I think, uh, Andrew, you've got three and a half, about three and a half billion pounds worth of uh, logistics space under your, under management in, in your business, have you? Yep. Um, hello, everybody. Yeah, uh, three and a half billion portfolio size. Seventy-five um, percent uh, of that is logistics. So good Blimey. insight. That's a lot. <laughs> so let's start with a bit of background on, on where we are, shall we, in the logistics market. Charlie, could you just do us a, a, a favour and paint a picture of what's happening to prices and vacancy and things like that sort of post-COVID? Yeah, absolutely. So a couple of snapshots. So UK vacancy is about 2.8%, so sub 3% across the UK for uh, logistics space. We have had about uh, 16% increase in rents uh, since the beginning of this year. And the forecast we buy in is predicting at least another 25% increase in rents uh, by 2026. 16% since just since the beginning of this year? Yeah, absolutely. So we've seen rents now. I, I'm based in the Midlands. We've seen rents uh, go from sort of seven, eight pounds to over ten pounds a square foot uh, for sort of you know, big buildings near near a hundred thousand square feet. Yeah, and Andrew, uh, for, for somebody not sort of thinking about it particularly deeply, as a as a landlord, uh, you might you might be forgiven for for cracking open the champagne, but but I guess it's more complicated than that. Um, always more complicated than that, but it's been a great place to be invested um, over the last few years and, and continues to be. Um, I think, you know, there's some pressures in the system that's well well read, but the macro movements that are coming through continue. People will continue to shop online and that is the biggest driver of this market right now. Yeah, so we'll, we'll come back to a bit more detail, I think, uh, about... Uh, you know how you react to to, to, a, to a market like this but as I say there's a lot of this is about occupiers and obviously for them it's a it's probably a harder situation than from for, for you uh, and there's a reason we've brought all three of you together today because you've been working together to try and improve the sort of the way decisions are made by occupiers and perhaps landlords as well in a in a market like this Helen could you sort of give us an idea of Describe what what you what you mean by by having come together to, to improve decision making. What, what have you been doing? 
Okay, so we've been we've come up with a methodology to um, look at what the main costs are for operators within the arena. I mean, rent is just one factor. There's also rates, utilities, labour and transport. We've looked at three different types of businesses. So Andrew mentioned um, online trading, which is obviously a great growth area. So we looked at online retailers, parcel um, companies and a high street retailer to see how their cost makeup is across those different factors. Um, and depending on the type of business, the factors can vary quite significantly. So a parcel company, for example, 75% of their costs are from transport versus for a high street retailer, it's 41%. So there's some really big differences between the different um, environments. And the overall message is is to not to look at all your different cost bases in isolation and work work them all together and 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 if you do that then your warehousing cost sort of it paints a different picture does it it does indeed yes and it can drive different business decisions um according to um the different type of business and and, and where they're they're trying to head so charlie that's that's the sort of the the not theory but you know what i mean that that's the methodology in practice you know how does that play out you know how how does that work for for an occupier for instance in in, in the way they do their thinking every occupier has a has a slightly different approach i think th- those who take advice early on and look at all these metrics are better informed and fundamentally are, ba- are making better decisions it's balancing what's available to an occupier now and that strategic thinking and, and those who are a bit more forward thinking and can sort of plan 3 to 5 years in advance are are doing better than those that are more reactionary and having to do something as a sort of knee jerk reaction. Let's sort of sort of get into the the detail of this a little bit more Helen if we can. So, you know, we've talked quite it's sort of quite general terms so far, but can you sort of we when you're sort of selecting a site or and, and factoring in costs as, as an occupier, so can you sort of go a little bit deeper and and, and tell us how, you know, location and maybe transport costs and all, all those other things might have an important impact and might make it easier for you to pay a bit more maybe for for your warehousing space? It, it's really a bit of a balancing act. There's a, a lot of factors that need to be considered and not all of them are easily influenced by the occupier. So labour, for example, is probably one of the biggest challenges facing any operator nowadays. You also need to consider where, where the end customer is um, and look at doing a centre of gravity study. There's no point looking for a warehouse in Scotland if most of your customers are in the southeast, for example. It might be a very cheap location, but the transport costs to get from Scotland to the southeast are going to be uh, prohibitive. Obviously, the consideration with the property will be the cost per square foot, but also the you're looking at a fairly longish term of um, reference. So you've got to think a bit forward to the future. So an operation that might be currently a completely manual process may move towards automation, for example. So the property spec will need to support that kind of growth. So you've kind of got to have the crystal ball to a certain extent. To jump in there, we've just acquired a quarter million square feet of space and we were in a sort of competitive competitive environment where we had to pay a little bit more rent than we wanted. And actually, given the rents have increased so much in the last quarter, it actually looks a good deal now. But that, that occupier 
had to put in or is is putting in nearly 100 million pounds worth of fit out into that building so you know, equates to what four pounds a square foot you know, we, we were talking you know, do we have to pay an extra 25p so again it's that balancing in all the costs um and i think they probably music to andrew's ears when when occupiers are putting that level of fit out in invariably that they're looking to take you know, longer leases to write write down that uh, capex yeah it's one of the things that we look at you know it's the stickiness of the tenant how happy is that tenant in that building and if you get confidence that they're going to be happy there, you get confidence that they'll continue to pay the rent and that rent will grow. Yeah, you've got to remember that logistics is one of the few sectors today which is seeing rental growth at all. You know, you're not seeing it in offices because we're all sat at home and so they're being used less. You're not seeing it in retail shops because people are moving to online. So, you know, it's about growing that income stream. That's the investor's job and role. And if that comes through and you get those proof points and you feel good about it, that you're going to pay, you know, quite a high price, which will be reflected in a strong cap rate. So that's the 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 money side of it, you know, the, the rent side of it. What 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 else are we looking at in the future? What why what what are the difficult things it, it, coming down the road in this market? The thing that's affecting the market at the moment is interest rate rises and those kind of things, which is putting investors off investing. And actually, what it will do is it will uh, reduce the supply, and developers will will rein back from developing new assets. But um, how, sorry, Andrew, and how, I mean, it doesn't matter what interest rates. The the return, the, the the potential returns at the moment must be massive. No, well, if you look at a development appraisal, um, the valuation at the end of the development has gone down. The construction costs have gone up considerably because of inflation, which all requires the occupier to pay a lot more rent and the occupiers aren't in the frame of mind of paying a lot more rent you know not 25p we're talking pounds extra per square foot um, and until that breaks through they could be an even bigger supply crunch Andrew, wouldn't that just affect new properties like existing that, that shouldn't that, affect that, existing properties no but but as charlie said you know the vacancy rate is currently 2.8% there isn't a building, as he just said, of 800,000 square feet available. Where do you go? Mm. Um, I mean, an, another challenge that, that we've seen is obviously with COVID, but also with Brexit as well, is that the levels of stock that are being the inventory that's yeah, been stored huge. within the UK is massive. Mm. You know, I think there was, I think especially with COVID, anybody who was bringing anything out of the Far East were then finding that they were sitting on like six months of stock, which isn't typical, isn't normal. So I do wonder if there's going to be a kind of bow wave of this, and we're in the bow wave at the moment, and what will come through the other side as the international freight issues um, get sorted out. Maybe, but I think, you know, if you're a supply chain director, you're sweating, aren't you, at night, not because it's 40 degrees outside, but because, you know, if I haven't got stock available and, we're, we're moving away from globalization to deglobalization and onshoring. I mean, you're trying to put some contingency things in, and I think they're there to stay. Charlie, in your experience, it might be difficult for you to, to answer this brutally, honestly, uh, given your, the job you do. But in your experience, are, are most occupiers already fairly sophisticated in the way they think about these things, or? or or, or do they need a bit of help? Uh, I think I, I, I can be reasonably blunt with that. Um, yes and no. Our market is incredibly, 
incredibly diverse. We've done deals to gigafactories. We've acquired space for a modular house builder, you know, traditional 3PLs, e-commerce, you know, startups. It's so broad and varied. And there's, there's always at the moment, there always seems to be someone else who with an occupier hat on who's willing to pay a little bit more to secure that space. Because the risk is if you don't secure space now and you're having to wait 18 months, two years, you just don't know where the market's going to be. And whichever house you listen to, whichever market data you buy in, the rents are going in one direction. And the question is just how much they're going to continue to rise. Um, so you know, occupiers are trying to lock in now to give them that sort of security of um, rental exposure. And Andrew, it's changing so fast and there's so much happening. Uh, as a sector of the industry, particularly on the landlord side, are, are you... Are you ready for this? Do you have the the systems, the understandings to, to handle it without it exploding? I think the investors' <coughs> uh, approach has been pretty basic to date. I think it's evolving very quickly. And I think understanding the things that you know we're talking about here today is part of that journey. Um, <coughs> yeah, many investors think it's about picking winners. Um, we don't actually think like that. We think it's about avoiding losers. Um, and so understanding is, is is critical. And I think, you know, for the first time ever, logistics starts to talk about catchment, demographic, um, uh, propensity to spend online, all those kind of things. If I was sat at Amazon trying to think where would I want to locate, I'd start to think in those kind of terms um, where I can capture as much um, ultimate customer as I possibly can in the best place. And as we're saying here, it's about optimization, but it's also about compromise because supply and demand you know, dynamics mean that there has to be compromises because there aren't the available buildings today, as Charlie set out. Um, but the occupier is looking to reduce its frictional factors um, and whether that might be cost, it might be journey time, it may it may be the, the supply of labor. Um, you know, it's many different things, but yeah, ultimately, the supply chain directorate sat at these occupiers' businesses. Their job is to mitigate as many fictional factors as possible. And as an investor, I have to understand that. Otherwise, I'm, I'm going to put my money into something that, you know, in three years' time, I really wish I hadn't. Andrew's absolutely right. You know, we, we'd often start, or a, or a client would often start with, you know, what is the ideal location? And then it's a case of having to, well, a realisation that that location maybe doesn't exist or what they're looking for in that location doesn't exist. And so it's a case of looking at compromises and looking at all the variables that we talked about before, you know, the labour, um, the where the inbound's coming in from, the transport, the cost of transport. But it's only ever a snapshot in time and it can only ever work on, you know, the, the vision of where that business is likely to be. But things are, are likely to change. So it's something that has to be kept live, really, over over time. And Andrew, you know, you talk about compromise and flexibility and the like from the occupier side, but presumably from your side as well. You, know, you need a healthy industry. You, there's no market for you if no one can afford anything. No, let's let's be frank. You know, the job of the real estate investor is to invest in real estate. I can't come to work each day and just sit back and say it will be all right on the night. So I've got to put my money somewhere. And as as Charlie alluded to, you know, there are very few good quality buildings out there for the occupiers to find. And the, and, and the same is true for the investor. You know, I need a, I need to be invested in the right geography, in the right asset, let to the right tenant on the right lease structure. Well, there's a lot of rights. I've got to tick there. Um, and and sometimes I, I have to take a view um, that it will be right, but it's not today. Um, so, you know, that 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 pool of potential investments is is shrinking and makes the job harder. 
Uh, and we'll come on to uh, uh, something I don't know, our little feature in a second. But before that, Charlie, just I know we're, we're talk- we've already talked about the future, but just sort of remind us what we what you guys are predicting and really the market's predicting on on, you know, rental growth. Uh, in warehousing over the not just the this year but the next four or five years maybe yes i think we're going to see some hot spots but uh, across the uk you know, we're predicting at least a 25 percent increase in rents by 2026 the slight unknown at the moment is the business rates revaluation which could see business rates increasing by a sort of further 30 percent and now bear in mind vacancy at the moment is sub three percent and you know, our sort of internal anecdote is vacancy needs to be over 12% to see rates, uh, rents stabilizing or decreasing. So we are way off um, that and rents will continue to rise. And given that, uh, everybody, maybe for, for, for each of you, given that what the picture that Charlie's just painted, you, know, you had to sort of give one little piece of advice, you know, one top tip for, for occupiers or, uh, uh, on how to deal with that, or maybe landlords in your case, Andrew, it's, it's up to you. Well, Helen, what would your 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 one key piece of advice be do you think i think it'd be understanding the costs to serve of of what you do and getting creative to try and do more with less basically andrew no i i think the key word will be understanding really and this is about understanding how this all comes together um yeah when you're when you're entrusted to invest money on other people's behalves you, you you've got to understand as much as you possibly can sure charlie I, I would say take advice early. The, the earlier we can engage uh, with occupiers, look at where they want to be, look at the strategic options, the better. Now, let's finish with some, Tell Me Something I Don't Know, this little feature where you have to tell me and our audience, of course, a little bit of something that that's perhaps shines a light, a light that, that we haven't already shone on the subject. doesn't have to take long, doesn't have to be very important, but just a little something. Uh, Charlie, we'll start with you. Tell me something I don't know, Charlie. So looking at parcel companies, if their rent were to rise by 12%, that would only have a 1% impact on their bottom line. Andrew, why don't you go next? Um, the, the forecast for online is, is to grow to 37% of all retail sales. If I look at John Lewis and Waitrose, they're all already at 38%. So I think that 37% is probably underrating it. Helen, uh, uh, you go last. So tell me something I don't know. So London is actually the most expensive city in the world to rent a warehouse, more than Hong Kong and San Francisco. Is that right? It is, yes. Wow. Thank you all very much for that. That's um, really fascinating. We quite often talk about warehousing these days, but that's an angle we haven't really covered. And I think that's been, I hope, been particularly useful for people. If all that's done is whet your appetite for more information, more knowledge, more wisdom, then the Affordability of Warehouse Rents report, which is essentially the report that these, these three have put together, is available on the research section of the Savills website, of course, savills.co.uk forward slash research. As I say, that's it for this episode. Thanks for listening and see you next time. This podcast is for general information only and should not be considered professional advice. Savills accepts no liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect or consequential loss arising from the use of, reference to or reliance on this podcast or its content. Savills makes no warranty as to the accuracy of the information in this podcast. 
This podcast and all copyright in this podcast is the property of Savills and it shall not be used, reproduced or quoted in whole or in part without Savills' prior written consent.